For centuries, humans have been growing alongside our botanical brethren. Our histories have mixed and mingled to bring us modern medical marvels, faded folklore, and everything in between. Of course, in order to understand the plant, we have to start with its roots. I'm M. Governor Gaddis, and this is Rooted. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Rooted. This week, we're talking about a tree native to the Pacific Northwest region of the United States, a living embodiment of girls' rule, boys' drool, the Oregon plum. Okay, so these little cuties are scientifically known as Omeria cerisformis, but they're also just called osoberries. They're a member of the rose family that grow anywhere from 8 to 20 feet tall, and they're a deciduous shrub that grows from suckers or seed just like raspberries and roses. They have small green oval-shaped leaves and greenish-white flowers that grow in clusters from February through April. Around June, if pollination was successful, you'll start to see tons of little green, olive looking fruits popping up all over the place. As the season goes on, they'll turn a bright salmony pink before finally fading to a dark reddish-purple. While the fruits aren't massive or particularly tasty raw, they play a super vital role in their ecosystems, with critters like birds, rabbits, and even coyotes nibbling on them as they gear up for winter. They like to grow in areas with acidic, nutrient-rich, and moist but well-draining soil. They don't mind full sun, but would prefer a little shade and need a decent amount of water, just like any other fruit tree. A fun fact about this plant, it's super fragrant, but no one can really nail down what it smells like. Another botanical mystery for our collective brains. One thing everyone seems fairly aligned on, the leaves smell like cucumber when crushed, which is honestly just so delightful, especially in early spring when summer still feels eons away. But here's the weird part. Some sources are saying that all of the blooms just smell like almonds, which is lovely, but not nearly as interesting as this next part. Some people are saying these blooms smell like watermelon rinds, and others are saying it smells like straight-up cat pee. But my personal favorite take? Female blooms smell like watermelon rinds, and male blooms smell like cat pee. I just love that it's a real compromise we've all just collectively agreed to have for this. Like, it can smell like both watermelons and cat pee. It's fine. Before we dive into the uses, you know I have to tell you a quick story. This one is actually the entire reason this whole episode even exists. Recently, on a trip to Washington, our tour guide told us about Chief Seattle and his daughter, Kikisumlo who is also sometimes called Princess Angeline, but that name was given to her by white settlers, so we will be referring to her by her real name, Kikisomlo. Upon her birth, Chief Seattle planted a beautiful white plum tree in her honor. It was stunning, especially in the spring, when its bright white flowers would bring a pop of color and light back to the very dreary days of winter. 
As time went on, and after the Treaty of Elliott Bay, when all of the Duwamish people were first forced to leave the city, the tree had no one properly looking out for it. It stopped blooming, and while it wasn't outright dying, it certainly wasn't happy. The blooms everyone looked forward to season after season had stopped coming around, and the people of Seattle started to think they would never come back. After a few years of this, a prominent Pikes Place worker who was known for her love of the color purple tragically passed away. She loved Kiki Samlo's tree so much that she actually requested that her ashes be spread under it. Close to the market she loved, and under a tree that had brought her and countless others years of joy. Her friends did spread her ashes under the tree, and oddly enough, it began to bloom. But this time the blooms weren't white, but instead a very light purple. As the years went on, lots of Pikes Place workers would ask to have their ashes buried under the same tree. So many, in fact, that when the time came to replace the tree, it's reported that there were tons of small boxes, all containing the ashes of workers who had passed away, buried at the base of the tree. Today, in the place of the white plum is a Japanese maple. If I had to guess, I would venture to say that the tree was replaced due to its age and declining health. But I'm not an expert, and I really couldn't find much about this story online. It's mentioned casually in a few interviews, but overall it seems like the story has been passed on primarily by word of mouth, which makes it even more fun to tell. As a side note, I don't actually know that the tree in the story was an Oregon plum, but based on my research into the Duwamish and Squamish people, and their relationship with nature, and considering it was the early 1800s, it just seems like the most likely thing Chief Seattle would have planted. My best guess is that it would have been a female Oregon plum, as they are not only more common and have potentially better smelling blooms, but they also have a higher mortality rate, which would help explain its reported health issues. Okay, now let's dive into the flavor of the fruit. Apparently, it can be pretty sour and bitter, with an almondy aftertaste if eaten before actually ripe. But these guys are also worth their weight. Once ripened, they're said to have a deep black cherry flavor with hints of melon, perfect for a refreshing addition to any dish or drink during those dog days of summer. But the Oregon plum isn't just tasty. It also has plenty of uses in traditional medicine. Apparently, the bark is mildly laxative, which made it great for dealing with tummy troubles of all sorts. Plus, an extract made from a few different parts of the plant was used as an early treatment for tuberculosis. On top of that, parts of the Oregon plum would be chewed or otherwise mashed up with an oil, then rubbed on certain parts of the body to treat various aches and pains. Today, we aren't really using these native fruit trees for a ton, but there is a big push to start reincorporating our native plants back into the landscape. So, I won't be surprised if we start seeing them pop up more and more. If you live in an area with Oregon plums, I hope this year you'll take some time to harvest a few and maybe make a tasty drink. If you do, please tell me all about it and take special note of how the blooms smell because I am dying to know. As always, thank you so much for your continued support of the show. 
I can't tell you how much it means to know there are so many of you learning and listening alongside me each week. Until next time. If you liked the show, please consider subscribing and leaving us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Rooted.Pod. We're on YouTube at Rooted.Podcast, and check out our website, RootedPod.com, for transcripts, updates, and so much more. Thanks for being here, and until next time, be kind to yourselves, be kind to the earth, and just like a plant, drink your water.